Welcome to Sunstorm, where we get real about what's happening in the world and what we're doing about it, because we are the light in the storm. Hi, I'm Alicia Garza. And I'm Ai-jen Poo. And today on Sunstorm, we have an amazing treat. The brilliant artist Sarah Jones to inspire us. Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. Thank you for having me. You all are the sun in my storm right now. And I'm so excited for this work that you're doing and to get to be part of it. We always like to start off with a lightning round. Are you ready for the lightning round? Yes and no, which means yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, let's kick it off. Okay, favorite historical figure? Right now, my favorite historical figure is Shirley Chisholm. Come on and bring this seat to the table, Sarah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Bring my folding chair. Bring your folding chair. So what is your go-to comfort food? I grew up in, I didn't grow up there, but my family, I was born in Maryland and all you have to say to me is crab cake and everything you know becomes okay. Maryland crab cake, do not come near me with your breadcrumbs. Ooh, oh. Please don't bring your breadcrumbs, your remoulade. <laughs> I don't want to hear any of that. I really I was Maryland about to ask about an aioli, but you just schooled me. No, okay. oh honey, no. No aioli. Yes. Okay, no mayonnaise, no. mustard. Run the other way. Run. Okay. okay. Inspirational quote. The moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. Mm-hmm. So... If you were not an amazing, award-winning writer, performer, producer, what job would you have? I think I would be a dancer. Oh. Like, I just love watching what, you know, has evolved in hip-hop dancing, in African diasporic dance. Like, what people can do with their bodies is language. It's miraculous. Mm. And it makes, you know, the hip-hop dancing I did when I was a kid look like hieroglyphics or something compared to like digital images. You know what I mean? So that's what I would be doing now. Guilty pleasure. Well, it kind of follows from what I just said. It's twerking. Yeah. It's not guilty at all. It is freaking fantastic. No, I was not. You didn't see twerking coming? I didn't think that was coming, but you you almost inspired me to get up and twerk in the studio. Almost. Do it. And also, I feel like we were all at dinner together somehow. Was I twerking? Were we there with Tarana? (laughs) Yes. Talking about twerking as like twerking as part of the sacred work. I think think it might be. Twerking might be therapy. Twerking might be therapy. Mm -hmm. Make it clap as part of your revolution. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. So good. You know what? Make it clap so we can heal. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. (laughs) That might be the Sunstorm bumper sticker. Make it clap so we can heal. Woo! I feel like I have known you my whole life from the 90s and seeing you at New York and Poets Cafe and then on Broadway. and But for our listeners who may not know you as well, can you share a little bit about your journey? So I thought I wanted to be a lawyer when I was in college and then fell in love with spoken word and quickly discovered that I could make closing arguments that would get me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. drinks at the bar instead of, um, you know, <laughs> passing the bar. I 
did a deep dive into the spoken word scene, started writing monologues, and the next thing I knew I was doing one-person shows um, that centered the voices of multi-ethnic characters who are a lot like the family that I come from. If you are familiar with my work, you will recognize... Hello, my name is Lorraine Levine, oh and I'm here because <laughs> Sarah wanted me to come for the sunstorm. Hi, sweetheart. I have to go apply sunscreen now oh because, God. you know, the melanoma. <laughs> so Lorraine's here. Oh, Lorraine. Nereda's here. Hi, Aijen. Oh, my God. So good to talk to you. And Alicia, you, you guys, you have to know that you give me life. So I'm just very excited to be here as a Latinx woman, oh, yes. as somebody who's in the struggle with you. I know what you're doing with NDWA right now. Yes. You're just killing it in a pacifist way. I love you. So, okay, so some of my people are here. <laughs> and uh, I bring my people to the stage. And now we've gotten to go lots of different places, including landing here with you. And you're working on this crazy, amazing new show. Tell us about it and what excites you about it. So I'm redirecting my energy right now to a documentary of Sell By Date, which is a one-woman show that I wrote and got to produce about, you know, kind of this moment we're living in and power and sex and, you know, sex work, commercial sexual exploitation, um, who calls it sex work and why. Sell By Date actually is inspired in large part by some of the work I've learned about from iGen, some of the Black Lives Matter work. I really kind of pulled from the treasure trove of beautiful activists in my own community and lots of interviews to create that piece. And we're looking forward to making this doc. I am like so excited to talk about this. You play 19 characters. That's a lot. 19 not only is that talent, but that's like emotional resilience because that's a lot of people and their stuff. Like you've got women characters of all ages, all races. Well, first of all, how do you play 19 characters? And two, <laughs> how do you bring them all together? What I wanted to um, illuminate or explore for myself was how many preconceived notions I had about this topic, you know, how I had grown up with the kind of pretty woman, you know, hooker with a heart of gold and the brunt of jokes and all of this kind of stuff, and never thought about the self-determination and dignity of women. Uh, the, you know, vast majority of people in this work are women and femmes, uh, women of trans experience. I wanted to make sure that I found as many voices as I could um, that helped me get a better understanding of a topic Topic that I think, you know, white supremacist capitalist patriarchy is not going out of their way <laughs> to three times center fast. these voices. <laughs> I'm saying we need a hashtag that's a little shorter than that. But, you know, so that was my idea. Bring together the voices. And you know what? I ended up bringing women from, you know, all over the country and all over the world and also men. You know, there isn't anyone uh, who isn't touched by this topic in some way, whether they realize it or not. Mm. Um, and so that was my goal, kind of how can we have almost a town hall feeling? And how can we look at this and come away hopeful? And I, I got to tell you, whether it's plays that I've seen or episodes of SVU or whatever it may be, every time this topic was touched upon, I felt so demoralized. Oh, my God, all these you know millions and millions of human beings being trafficked. It's happening right under our noses. We are literally jailing and you know imprisoning black and brown, largely black and brown uh, women and girls for 
supposed crimes when, you know, really what's happening is most people are survivors of all kinds of violence and trauma and end up in situations that, you know, they would like to be able to exit if they could, or there's a lot more complexity to it than we think. I wanted to hear all of those voices as as much as I could without being prescriptive to the audience. I don't want you feeling like you came to a Sarah Jones seminar and, you know, <laughs> you heard me. I am in the thing in the very beginning. When you meet me, I am at a, a rally, a rally for sex worker rights. All right. And I am wearing my headdress because, you know, I had to represent for Trinidad and very <laughs> little else. And I am there reminding people, look at the protest sign. It says no justice, no peace. P-I-E-C-E. No oh. justice, no piece of ass. You understand? And so I want you to hear her. I want you to hear what her journey is as an immigrant. And then I want to hear from um, Maureen, who's an Irish woman who's, you know, she's older lady. And she's literally got the experience of having been both in the convent and in the prostitution. Oh. And let me tell you, the thing that has in common is that there's men in power in both instances. And, and you can easily end up never getting your voice, you know, so I wanted to bring that range (laughs) of voices together. And so it's worth it, girl. I get my massage. I make sure I go have dinner with people like you. I meditate. I do whatever I have to do to hold space for those emotional experiences because it's a a journey. What do you think your characters would say to us about why it's important that they are all woven into a fabric that is really who we are as a country? So part of my joy is that in the struggle, we need, you know, that kind of um, reminder of our beauty, the beauty that's in the world and joy. We need that. It's, it's part of our fuel. You know, I like the funny. Like if I'm not bringing the funny, I don't feel like I'm really doing justice to our humanity. And so I thought, how do I make this topic, you know, something that we can kind of come away feeling entertained at the end as well as engaged. And I realized if I said it in the future, then mm. we could look back on where we are now with some perspective and maybe some humor. Gathering these folks together, you know, having them look back, like I'm thinking of uh, somebody who loves you both. Hi, um, my name is Bella. I'm super excited to be here right Bella, now. Bella, you're and my favorite. I'm, I know. I try to tell Sarah Jones that. She thinks she's your fave, but I don't tell her. Don't worry. Um, but anyway, like I'm there because like I'm in sell by date because I'm a feminist, obvi. And like it's so important to like talk about like women and what does empowered sex look like and all of that. And like to look back from now when like, you know, I just want to say like white women, a lot of white women are like white explaining what sex and power and all of that has to look like. And like, I think looking back from the future just like gives us that opportunity to just be like, oh my gosh, like where we are right now, like our grandkids are probably going to look back and be like, you guys were soups ridiculous. Like you were totally like not not like understanding what was happening. So I think that's the idea to kind of have a retrospective (laughs) where all of these voices are mingling together. And where will we end up if we, you know, do we course correct? Do we need course correcting? Where will we land? Like, I think that's the point of bringing all those folks together. So, Mm. And I love the way you bring the funny. It's the best. It, It is, it just kind of opens our hearts in a way that we might not 
naturally do if we're talking about something that people disagree about and that people have really strong feelings about or that people don't know a lot about. And I just think it's, it's so powerful. Let me tell you something I'm working on, which is um, fashion. I'm obsessed. And in fact, um, today, what we're doing is um, a little Bay Area uniform. Mm T-shirt with my man on it, Prince. Black jeans because the staples. And then um, Jordans because that's how we get down. But I read that you are like a serious fashionista. What are the elements of your style? I love fashion. I love design. I've had wonderful things happen, like, you know, landing in the Vogue September issue at one point around sell-by day. And honey, you should have seen me around these clothes. I know, and, that's You know, right. in all that Vogue energy. Ugh, it was delicious. And I, I love contrast. I love... Um, the kind of clashes that someone like Jenna Lyons, uh, my fun buddy Jenna, brought mm-hmm. to the mainstream. Like mm-hmm. the idea that leopard is neutral and stripes are neutral and we're going to put that shit together. You know what I'm and, you know, I've always loved that. And I've always loved how culture informs fashion. I remember visiting South Africa years ago, my first trip to South Africa, and seeing people who the way they cock their hat to oh, the side yes. and yes. The, the hang of like the sweater and the way they drape they're bringing you like uh some kind of incredible sub-saharan african mashup of like the cape cod sweater toss uh-huh. with like excellent. you know it's like with, you know what i'm saying with oh, like yes. uh, some kind of sutu like patterned pant i was just like you all are killing it so i'm loving sub-saharan african patterns in mainstream fashion right now Mm. i'm on the fence about like where is it cultural appropriation where are we right like Mm -hmm. where are we with all of that Mm -hmm. but i want to honor that you know fashion houses have taken their time coming around they've taken their time and i love seeing dapper dan get his shine when i'm old enough to remember when you know people were trying to come for dapper dan because Mm -hmm. he was you know, uh, not an officially sanctioned Gucci producer mm-hmm. or whatever. And now look, now look, he brought right, now Gucci look, now look. to the world, but he really brought Gucci to black people, and then black people really handled business with Gucci. Y'all are welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> exactly. We are your Madison Avenue. Once again, Just, you're welcome. <laughs> let's <Correct>. be clear. <laughs> yes. Um, who's your favorite designer right now? This is tricky for me. I want to just be keeping 100 with you right now because when I think about my friends who are women of size and want to be able to like rock, you know, whatever they want, Mm -hmm. it makes most of my favorite designers fall away. And I'm really trying to live there with like, if you are not seeing all of our bodies, I kind of need to stop seeing you. Like, and that doesn't mean I can't appreciate your aesthetic, but I really want to be able to like get behind that brand. So, you know, what I love is people who are doing recycling. Like when you are not only bringing the beauty, but also upcycling and recycling what we already have, um, a reformation, um, you know, somebody who says, hey, this price point is not impossible. (laughs) Like you, you get to look, 
you know, incredible. And you and we understand that, like, you have a, a jobby job like everybody else. Um, so I guess there's activism in my, um, you know, aesthetic. So bringing it back um, to you and your journey, you're like me in that you and I, we were both in New York forever and ever, and it was home, home, home. And then you moved to L.A. to pursue your dreams. And what's that change been like for you? I think a lot of women out here are like, maybe we got to move. Maybe we got to relocate. Maybe we got to make a big move for our dreams, for our love, for our work, for our family, for any reason. Mm-hmm. What's that change like been for you? And what advice would you give for women who are thinking about relocating? I had an experience of having to grieve my relationship with New York. And by that, I mean, I grew up there. It was It's part of my DNA. It's part of my identity in such a core way that I could not let in the possibility of anywhere else. Mm. And that sort of manifested as like this New York chauvinism that was like, well, I like these other places. They're cool, but New York is the only place I could ever live. And then I had to like really interrogate that Mm. and ask myself like, what are you afraid of, babe? Like, what is this? Why are we gripping so tightly to this? And I really got it that like, I was afraid of what people would think. I was afraid of that I would look soft or that, that like, you know, I couldn't tough it out and totally. be that, you know, make it anywhere. And it's like, wait, like another life is available. I do not have to send my laundry out and have somebody else's underwear come back because in New York, <laughs> oh my I gosh, can't afford. That happens in New York. Every time. I shan't. I was like, this is an assault on my soul. I can't do it. At a certain point, you're like, this is unsustainable. This is not going to work. But I need to be clear. I adore New York. It will never be out of my system. It will never not be a part of me. But I guess what I'll say is, as advice, if you feel a still, small voice saying to you, is something else possible for me? Listen to that voice within the context that wherever you go, there you are. So when I left New York, I didn't leave all the crazy in New York. I brought it with me in my suitcases (laughs) to L.A. I'm still me. You know what I mean? The crazy looks different here. It's traffic and it's, you know, uh, you could get arrested for jaywalking, which jaywalking is part of my religion. Like, I was like, what? What do you mean? But the point is, if it feels like you're true self is ready for a change and you don't attach too much to like, this is a magic bullet. This is going to fix or change me. You don't need fixing or changing. What I found is LA has helped me soften into more self-acceptance. So I'm not here to improve myself. I just accept myself more and more. And then I guess I automatically sort of improve whatever that means. Oh, I love that. Can we talk about something? Because I read that um, you like talking on the phone. And I, especially with like the advances in technology and in culture where you can literally have the most minuscule conversation with characters, (laughs) I'm super into it. (laughs) I prefer not to talk on the phone and I find it (laughs) odd when people invite me to talk on the phone. I, I think I've forgotten how to do it. Can you just say, I've heard, though, that you prefer phone rather than text. Tell me about why. 
I'm a phone person. I'm a voice person, right?、Oh. I mean, you hear me. I'm this, all of this. I all of this. It's like my favorite thing to do. When I was <laughs> when I was younger, I mean, I could just, you know, I literally. It's like, do I want to, you know, I don't know, go to a party? Yes, of course, I want to go to a party. That's how it feels when you ask me, do I want to get into like a voice. Voice off with another person, you know. So I feel like the voice thing that I can hear you conjures. It's sort of like reading for me from from like an actual book, not just a Kindle or my phone. Something about the experience of reading in and of itself opens a portal onto. You know the places my imagination can go as I listen to your voice, or as I listen to the words, or hear the words read aloud in my head. It's very different than having、um, images, and it's very different than having kind of less information coming at me. So for me, text. I'm an emoji freak. I'm ridiculous with the emojis. Here's the thing, Alicia. You. When you are IRL, or when you're like, you know, when you are bringing your energy, you have a supernova energy that I understand. If you don't want to waste it in little drib drabs on the phone, if you're like, you know what, let's just keep this real quick. I'm not, I'm not gonna be in supernova mode. Like, I'll see you when I see you, and we'll be together. I'm not gonna just kind of dribble my my essence on this phone line. You know, we either go do the damn thing, or you can get these couple of characters. K, hundred <laughs> percent. I do hit him with the K though. <laughs> If it's friendly, it's a K K, and if it's not,、K-K. it's a K. <laughs> period. Yes. <laughs> K. Period. Which is the equivalent of off with your head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the decoder. We're getting the decoder right yes. now. I'm、getting the decoder. We are about to head into a crazy year in this country, right? Heading in now. What would some of your characters say as words of advice for how to navigate the storms ahead? Yeah, I first off, y'all ain't heard from a.、Uh, um, you know, I know I'm a cis male and all that. Like Sarah Jones be telling me, you a cis hetero. You know what I'm saying? She be trying、mm-hmm. to put me in a in a spreadsheet and whatnot、mm-hmm. about gender and all that. <laughs> so I understand. You know what I'm saying? I I mean I'm binary, whatever, whatever. It's, I'm just saying, like <laughs> as a dude, I like to let people know, um, you know what's going on in the country right now. Not to quote Gwen Stefani, but this shit is B A N A N A S. You know what I'm saying? And um. <laughs> We got to hold on to our um. Just what y'all doing right now? Like, yo, I'm gonna put it to you like this. I don't even really fuck with Twitter. You know what I'm saying?、Mm-hmm. But it's Black Twitter, and you know what I'm saying Instagram, all that. You got to use your socials very um. You know what I'm saying judiciously. That's、mm. what I'm trying to say.、Mm-hmm. Go on there, get your love. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> get your little inspiration.、Mm-hmm. Y'all little cat videos or whatever, whatever have you.、Um, <laughs> you you telling that, people to slide in the、OD. DMs. <laughs> Yeah, if people be sliding in your DMs, you got a cat sliding in your DMs. I ain't gonna judge you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Trying to FaceTime you or whatnot. But I'm saying this right here, not for real. Very serious. We living in times that's like you think something real, and it's just some Russian bots and shit. I don't even know. Yeah,、so、that's real. Right now, I feel like find your source of information that you know you could trust, and then don't let yourself get inundated all day. You know what I'm saying? You ain't took no shower in a week because、mm. you tweeting and and, and you know what I'm saying?、YouTube、Sending videos. videos and all that, watching YouTube. Dude in the White House, idiot going idiot. 
We know this. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He going to do what he going to do. So don't exhaust yourself with all that. Help if you can. If y'all out there listening, y'all got, you know what I'm saying, money, resources, give to who you know you could actually, you know what I'm saying, make some impact. But let's be real. Between the electoral college, I mean, dude didn't win last time. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He ain't fucking win the first time. So mm. I ain't, I ain't going to be surprised by no outcome. Listen. And I think we just got to keep doing our activism, keep, you know what I'm saying, um, working on this prison industrial complex, working mm. on all these, um, you know what I'm saying, these immigration issues, all of this. Work on a grassroots ground level and uh, keep working on your local community because, you know what I'm saying, these people, they're going to be wild. Mm. They're going to be wild. I need more brothers like this in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm. You already got somebody, though. I'm saying, don't be doing that. <laughs> it ain't like we gonna have no real text relationship because you're gonna be like, KK. <laughs> <laughs> but if I hit you with the KK, that means we can keep talking. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. If you get I'm that saying, K, I'll get in line. I'll get in know, line. You need to try a little yeah. harder. <laughs> Duly noted. Duly noted. <laughs> So I'm gonna they stop laughing. You all. They're ha- they're happy to have somebody. They're happy to have somebody to talk to besides me. Believe me, <laughs> it's so good. Um, you made me think about so much, just right there. There's so much to talk about, Sarah. We think that you are 100 percent the light in the storm. I'm wondering if there is a piece of advice from your heart about how those of us who are feeling overwhelmed or anxious or deeply sad about the state of our country and the state of our world, what advice would you bring to someone who's feeling that level of despair about how they can be a part of the light in this storm that's happening right now? The first thing I would say is I am right there with them. Like I am right there with them. And this is daily work And one of the things I've learned is to get as present as I can and come home to myself, if that makes any sense, as many times a day as I can. Meaning, have I eaten well? Am I either, you know, stuffing myself with with stuff I don't really want to be eating because I'm in pain? Or am I starving myself because I'm believing somebody's, you know, nonsense about how I'm supposed to look in the world? Either of those are self-abandonment. And we can do it in so many ways. I can abandon myself by being on my phone all day. Like I said, you know, Rashid is definitely talking to me when he's talking about the people who, you know, too many memes and too much. Did you hear what he said? And oh my God, you know, ooh. And, you know, so how can I not abandon myself in the midst of all of this? Because I can't control very much. And that's an illusion that I have to put down sometimes many times a day, right? Like I, I want to go down to that border I want to be in a thousand places at the same time. I'm I'm just waiting for these voting machines that they're tampering with and, you know, cyber, just all of it, right? And yet, if I'm there and haven't fed myself or slept or made sure that I'm healthy and connecting with my community, and I'm not talking about just anybody. I'm not even talking about, and this might sound sacrilegious, but I'm not even talking about family if family drives you crazy, if you're arguing with an uncle in a red hat, you're Mm-mm. probably not listening to this. Ooh. But if you if you have an uncle in a red hat and you are listening to this, you know, we have the right to have boundaries around our souls, our hearts, and especially in times like this, in a storm. So you are your own son. You have your own internal son. And that son intuitively knows how to recognize the sons around you. 
spend your time with other people who you can feel are doing their work to fill their own well and to you know shine their own inner sunlight. I don't care if it's a yoga class, meditation, you know, laughing your ass off with somebody who you can be your <laughs> full authentic self in front of. Um, go dancing, go roller skating, go skip in a park, even if you think you look stupid. Find your inner light, your inner little person and take care of them. Ask them what they need and heed it as much as you can all, all day, all oh, day. This I is love amazing. That. I'm just so inspired by everything you're doing and how you show up in the world and I'm so glad our listeners get to hear that message. It's so important. Thank you, Sarah. So we know um, that you are up to big things and we want to make sure people can find you. So if you want to follow Sarah Jones, you can find them at Yes, I'm Sarah Jones on all the socials. And to all you lovely listeners, write to us, tweet us, tell us about how you are making your way through the storm. We are... At Ijen Poop. And at Alicia Garza. Hashtag Sunstorm. We cannot wait to hear from you. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Sunstorm is a project of the National Domestic Workers Alliance in collaboration with Participant. Sunstorm is executive produced by Alicia Garza, Ai-Jen Poo, Christina Mevs-Apgar, and Jess Morales-Riquetto. Sunstorm is produced by Amy S. Choi and Rebecca Lehrer of the Mashup Americans. Producers are Jocelyn Gonzalez, Shelby Sandlin, Mary Philip Sandy, and Mia Warren. Original music composed by Jen Kwok and Jody Shelton. Oh my God, you sent me the best best. cat video the other day. I can't stop watching it. (laughs) I'll tell you, I was obsessed. Alicia, I'm sending this thing to you. We got to have ratchet breaks and we got to have cat video breaks. This is a hybrid of ratchet and cat, so it's like a catch it. (laughs) 